The Will You Grow Show goes live Sundays 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. To receive notifications, click the subscribe button beneath this video or visit YouTube's Will You Grow channel to see more shows and videos. And now, here's Will You founder Angelique Meadow with this week's Will You Grow Show. Welcome to the Will You Grow Show. How are you? I'm Angelique, founder of Will You and WillYouGrow.com, an inspirational multimedia company that provides education and mentoring to nurture empowerment and joy. Our weekly grow show tackles touchy subjects that'll tickle your tempestuous thoughts, fan your eternal flame, and salve your soul with hope. Halfway through, we'll take a 60-second look at what people have to say about us. Then we'll hear what the crew has to say about today's topic, and we'll go hands-on to share tips and tools that you can use to begin implementing today's lesson into your life. Here in the studio with me today are... Our audio aficionado, Ben. Do as she says, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> and our video, Santa, Neil. Happy Dad's Day. This episode is sponsored by Life and Nature, who keep our hearts beating and our world turning. And by the Carrie Campbell Foundation, which supports creative video content that increases love among all people. Love that. We say thank you to the Carrie Campbell Foundation and each and every sponsor and donor. We'd also like to thank each and every viewer who hits the subscribe button and the notification bell, the like button, and the share button today. Your likes and subscriptions help the channel grow and notify YouTube to make this video more readily available for new people to find and watch our videos. On to today's episode. A father's influence. Regardless how perfect, ordinary, or tragic our childhood, our parents placed an indelible mark on who we are. Our DNA, our strengths, our weaknesses, our hopes and dreams, our belief of what's possible, and the level of self-confidence and even our own hope for the future. In today's episode, we'll explore how to pick up the reins where our fathers left off and ride our personal chariots, called our bodies, into the sunset of life, which would be empowerment. The importance of fathers. Without the intention of being stereotypical and knowing full well that women can also embody fatherly characteristics, it's been my experience that masculine support can come in a myriad of forms. Whether our fathers inspired us to be adventurous, perform well in business, stand up and do the right thing, play hard in sports, maybe they taught us to fix engines, maintain equipment, do math equations, mow the lawn, ted cattle, write poetry, cook, sew, or perform on stage. Their presence willingness to share, and also put up with our shenanigans were all signs that they were, in fact, our dads. And for those of us who don't have any contact with our fathers, whether through their absence or death, we're presented with a special opportunity to consciously define their importance without their presence. We might ask ourselves, what kind of father would we have liked or 
What kind of father would we like to be? Whether we learned all we need to know from our fathers, or if we learned what not to do from our fathers, or somewhere in between, our fathers are still important. Here's my perspective. In mentoring people to increase their willpower and overcome addictions, I've seen how deeply people are affected by their fathers. There are two areas where our perspective of our fathers may limit us, our beliefs and our sense of approval. For example, my dad is a super hard worker. His work ethic consisted of work, 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 and a little more work, and then get up and work again. He often said to me, if you want something done right, sweetie, you've got to do it yourself. Unconsciously, I absorbed his two beliefs that I had to work hard and not get help in order to succeed. I carried these beliefs into my 30s. I overworked myself to sickness and because I sought my father's approval, I was proud to tell him how much I accomplished even while ill. I also attracted employees that people considered lazy, employees that required me to do everything myself in order to accomplish the tasks. Both of my behaviors mirrored my father's beliefs, which I absorbed without my awareness. Although it temporarily felt good to know that I could do all the work, it led me to feelings of isolation, anger, and self-pity until I started learning about the power of beliefs. I discovered the limiting beliefs that I had absorbed from others, including my dad, and replaced them with empowering beliefs. I now believe that I have all the great help I need and that work is easy, fun, and creative. <laughs> and it certainly makes my work life more fun as I am now surrounded by supportive, creative, hardworking people who get the job done. <laughs> so, what do you believe? I've found that most people unconsciously take on their parents' beliefs and think that they're their own. The way we can know if we've done this is to ask ourselves why we believe what we do. If we spout off an answer that we've heard our parents say many times before, or we don't know the answer, chances are that the beliefs may not actually be ours. So whose approval do you seek? Do you seek your father's approval? What about your mother's? Your friends? Or maybe your family? Ultimately, in a world where we're all empowered, we only need our own approval. By our own approval, I do not mean the selfish, ego-driven part of us, which may feed on mischief. I mean the part of us that has willingly submitted to do what is best for us, such as eating raw vegetables instead of donuts and apologizing instead of arguing. 
I've witnessed people suffer for many years and sometimes a lifetime as they desperately seek approval from their parents, lovers, mates, friends, pastors, and God, you name it. And if the person they seek approval from is dead, incapacitated, or cannot be reached, they often carry that burden for the lifetime. If any of us are having trouble forgiving our fathers, feel free to watch our previous episode titled Forgiving Others by clicking the green will you circle below this video and scrolling down. The trouble with seeking approval from others is that it requires someone else to tell us that we are okay. By disempowering ourselves in this way, we have given away our freedom, happiness, success, love, etc. to the person that we deem as having authority or wisdom greater than our own. This sets us up for failure as we have set our standards of conduct outside of us. It's understandable that most of us have done it. However, what human being can accurately tell us what is best for us or what we need or how to live? And even if that person was graced with the ability to know everything, why would we want to continue being dependent on him or her to tell us what to do? We can learn how to connect, ask, listen, and receive those answers directly from the source of all wisdom, which is within, and it could be called life itself or God. Often, we seek approval from others because we're afraid. We're afraid of making the wrong decision, afraid of losing a person's affection, Afraid of falling out of favor. Afraid that we are not good enough, smart enough, well-liked enough, or connected enough to life or God to know enough about what our true answer is for us. And most challenging of all, we might be afraid of knowing the truth because it may not be what we selfishly want. So we may hide, deny, lie, suppress, and distract ourselves with unhealthy behavior so we can avoid the truth. Truth be known, life or God has already approved of us being here. How can we know that? Well, if it didn't, it could take us from this world in an instant. This can be enough of an approval for us to go on living and succeeding and enjoying and creating and loving. We are here because life wants us here. We are good enough. When we accept this fact that we are alive, that can be approval enough for us and we can quit seeking approval from others. And what a relief that is! That is freedom from innumerable standards of society and focus on the standards of life and God, all of which can be learned for free through inner work of meditation, spirituality, religion, nature, etc.
So are we ready to give ourselves some of this protective fatherly love and care? Let's begin by protecting ourselves from limiting beliefs and empowering ourselves with new ones. Let's take these first easy four steps. Number one, think of one area of strife in your life. Two, ask yourself, what are my beliefs about this? And that might take some time. So you might need to write the question down. Number three, ask yourself, do these beliefs serve me anymore? And number four, if not, ask yourself, what beliefs would better serve the me that I want to be? While you think on these things, we're going to take a quick break to see what people have to say about us. When we come back, we'll hear from the crew and talk tips, tools, and elements from Mother Nature to help us learn to love ourselves more. The Will You Grow Show will now take 60 seconds to check in with you. If you're wondering how to apply a Grow Show topic to your life, here's what people say about mentoring with Angelique. Chris Talley, I'm a chiropractor. Working with patients that are in pain, you know, a lot of times that'll that puts a lot of uh, strain on, on me. It's nice to, and refreshing to have somebody that can come in and kind of help lift you up. It's always uh, that way with Angelique. You know, she's always one of those people that comes in and just and brings uh, the office to a higher level. Uh, so I, I enjoy that about having her at the office. We worked on a lot of different uh, things as far as um, stress management, meditation. I'd never even experienced that before. So sometimes you can feel like you're on an island as an entrepreneur. Uh, because it's all on you and so it was nice to have someone that I could share that with and she she could understand that too. People are going to be coming in and they're going to be uh, they're going to be down or they're going to be hurting. I can either go down to that level with them and wallow in that negative energy or I can raise them up to, to my level and that's what Angelique does. She helps helps me to serve the patients at a higher level and so that's one of the things that I definitely have noticed uh, just being um, having her in my life. This is your girl. Um, <laughs> Self-care is not selfish. If you really want to dig deep and stop living on the surface, then schedule a conversation with Angelique. And now, back to the Will You Grow show with Will You founder, Angelique Meadow. Welcome back. Before we dive into tips and tools, let's see what the crew has to say about today's topic. <laughs> I, I'm 27, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say that when I was younger, oh, so young. I, I spent so much more time uh, with my mom because she was at home more. Um, and so I, the, the things that I focused on, I guess, that I had uh, in common with my dad, I, I resented it or thought it was, you know, funny or something that I needed to change away from. And now I'm accepting like, I'll do something or say something and Jenna and my girlfriend or like just in my own head, I'll be like, <laughs> wow, that is wow, absolutely dad. like my old man. And like that just came out of my mouth or whatever. So um, my, my journey with him was more of a synthesis, I think, mm -hmm. as opposed to a, I can't think of too many crazy negative things I had to slough off <laughs> from him, but it was more <laughs> of just a, oh, I am 50% that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
my dad was different. He had a drinking problem. And so my memories of him are the, the bad ones. There are some good ones, but then he got sick when I was eight and was stroke victim from the time I was eight till the time he died when I was 20. So I didn't really have the relationship you should have, father-son-wise. We tried. We did, we did some things. He did try to teach me things on the car. He did try to, to teach me fishing and things like that. But he couldn't physically do them. So that fell to my brother-in-laws who had to fill in that void uh, and my brother to a certain degree. So, so I guess as I, as I, when I became, when I found out I was becoming a father, I, I looked in the mirror and said, okay, I'm going to have to do it differently. Don't make the same mistakes or try your best not to and knock wood. <laughs> I've only been a father for 18 years, so she got out of high school, so there you go. <laughs> we, we did something right. We made it. We I made it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Throw the towel Throw the towel in. She's a, now, some people do that. Some fathers and parents, and when they're 18, you're done. I don't know. She's my baby. You're still there. No. Yeah. Do either of you recognize any beliefs that your father had that you sort of absorbed? Some, um, uh, I'm trying to think. I have, I, I can, I have a tendency sometimes to be very old-fashioned in my thinking, in the way that he thought about things. Not in a horrible, bad way, but you know, and that kids sometimes should shut up and listen, <laughs> or. I've said this many times, and I still don't understand what it means. I've forgotten more than you'll ever know. So I, I really don't know what that means. <laughs> he said that several times. and He's a, I, maybe a forgetful guy. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's kind of a slam on you, Dad, but you know. <laughs> but I have said that to a younger person. So, yes, the old-fashioned, um, I know more than you, I do have a tendency to do that uh, for me i mean it's your standard gender role mm. american like the man provides everything and like that's his job and the the woman takes care of the home mm. and you know your standard stuff but it, my wife will not let me believe like that <laughs> maybe more generational yeah. than just him being yes. the, the patriarch or whatever of the family he's jewish anyway so the the guy wasn't normally in charge anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish mother. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I love Jewish mothers. <laughs> I love Jewish fathers though too. Depends on which one for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everything has its place. But I think it's really wise that you've you've thought about that some. Like what what have I absorbed and then look at ourselves and say, Hey, do I do I like that? Do I want that? It's important to do it because otherwise we literally can just become those people. Yeah. Not that we don't love them. It's just we, we ought to have the free will choice to decide if that's what we want rather yeah. than just absorbing it and reiterating it. Yeah. The biological yeah. part is mandatory, but, you know, they're, they definitely, both parents have a hand in making your mind 
Right. And, um, you know, you should have a, a hand in making your mind. Oh, definitely. Too, so. Definitely. And then pick and choose some of the good traits, but also strive to be your own parent and your own best parent that you can be. I think that's really important. That's a perfect note to end it on. Boom. With that said, <laughs> now it's metaphysical tool time. Today's healing stone is smithsonite. Ben, would you tell us about the smithsonite stone? Absolutely. The following information comes from the website, thecrystalcouncil.com. The mineral smithsonite is named after the English mineralogist, James Smithson, what a name, who first identified the crystal in 1802. Interestingly, this is also the same James Smithson who was the founding donor of the Smithsonian Institution. You didn't know where we were going with that, did you? <laughs> Deposits of this unique zinc mineral have been reported in Greece, Australia, South Africa, Mexico, and the USA. It's a powerful stone to soothe your mind and calm your emotions. It helps one refresh their emotional body and helps in the reevaluation of the situations causing distress. Smithsonite pushes one's mind into a state of clarity when emotions may feel overwhelming. This crystal can aid in one's ability to find resolution and move forward from any and all negative situations. Its ability to help one achieve clarity of the mind may lead them to soon begin asking themselves, is it truly worth it? The amount of energy needed to hold grudges and arguments is overwhelming for even the strongest person and cannot be held onto when trying to move forward. Once one has accepted that, they'll know firsthand the true effects of the mighty Smithsonite Stone. It's a perfect ally to help one combat anxiety, depression, low energy, and shyness. Smithsonite provides one with an inner reflection and helps bring out a deep strength that we may not even know existed. Showing one the power they have within can help in finding the confidence and self-esteem to push forward through life's most challenging obstacles. For people who may have hypersensitive emotions or are recovering from an emotional wound, the website recommends carrying a small piece of Smithsonite with them daily. And if one meditates, meditating with Smithsonite will not only help calm one's emotions, but also activate and unlock psychic abilities hidden within. Nice. And today's healing animal is the lion. Neil, would you share with us about the lion? The lion sleeps tonight. This information is from the website spiritanimal.info and is written by Elena Harris. In the realm of animals, the lion wins the prize for most relentless fighter in the face of life challenges. The lion represents courage, strength in overcoming difficulties. This animal can also mean that something wild or difficult to control is happening. As such, lions symbolize emotions that are difficult to manage, such as anger, or fear. The lion is generally associated with a representation of personal strength. Lions are also animals who dominate other animals in nature. Remember the expression, the lion is the king of the jungle. Lions can remind us to reflect on our methods and ability to lead others. If we have a tendency to dominate in relationships or at work, reading about the lion or watching a movie about lions can give us an opportunity to observe how to lead by their example. Nice. Mufasa. <laughs> Big Daddy Lion, Mufasa. If, if I knew any of the songs or words, I'd sing someone I don't. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, lions leave tonight. 
help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and today's healing flower is the white lily. Isn't it lovely? White lilies symbolize a rejuvenation of the soul, and they also happen to be my favorite flower. They can represent purity, commitment, and rebirth. The following information about the lily is from a website called funnyhowflowersdothat.co. The lily is a remarkable flower, bursting with symbolism. It is an equal combination of happiness and sadness together. And that's one of the reasons I like it. It respects all parts of that world that we live in. For hundreds of years, originating with ancient Egypt, as well as Greek and Roman brides, garlands of lilies were worn in their hair, signifying the promise of a pure and fruitful life, something for which we may all strive. Fast forward to the Victorian era, emotions in all their raw fullness were frowned upon. As a solution to the problem of self-expression, a secret language of flowers called floriography was developed. The Victorians gave a meaning to every flower so that they could communicate their feelings with a bouquet. And the lily was no exception. It symbolized love. White lilies are often used at Christian weddings to symbolize the purity of love. While in the United Kingdom, the white lily is most often seen at funerals to console those who grieve the loss of a loved one. At times of mourning the loss of our father or the figurative loss of the relationship we may never have had with our father, it's comforting to know that the beautiful white lilies may speak of the sadness of our emotions for us, while sharing the sweetness of their divine fragrance. So what say ye? Will you learn to love, care, and approve of yourself in ways that your father couldn't? Let us know in the comments section so we may learn and support one another. As always, we thank you for watching and sharing time together with us. If you liked today's show, we'd be honored if you'd hit that subscribe button and the bell to receive all new videos. Hit the like button to let us know that you like what we're doing, and hit the share button to share this message with people you care about. We ask for this because each time that you like or share, our video becomes more visible via YouTube which allows new people to more readily find and watch the videos and receive inspiration and tools for their healing. Your likes, your shares support healing. That's what we're about. If you'd like to see more of our videos, click the green Will You button below this video and scroll down. And if you'd like to mentor with me, feel free to schedule your complimentary conversation at willyougrow.com today and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. And for now, we bid you adieu. Take excellent care of your very fine self, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Always with love, from Angelique. Goody, 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 goody.
For more information about programs offered by Will You, mentoring with Angelique, and to watch video success stories from clients, explore willyougrow.com. If you or your company are interested in inspiring our mutual audience by sponsoring this or another of our programs, let's talk about it. Boost viewer confidence and trust in your company. Call 1-833-WILL-YOU, then press extension number 6. Make sure to click the subscribe button to get reminders before upcoming shows. The Lion King. You're feeling a little lion-like? I, <laughs> I am feeling a little. little got my mane going. <laughs> there you go. There's a mange. <laughs> Did you ever want? <laughs> I'm <bringing you> <laughs>